You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, welcome to The Devoted Podcast. All right, so here we are on the last of our episodes for the Beautiful Design series. We're going to wrap up the series today, and I have to tell you, this this last episode has kind of changed over the course of the series for me. I had always intended for this one to just kind of be like, well, it kind of sounded boring. It was kind of like, you know, what all the, the roles of women look like in our community at large and that kind of stuff, right? Kind of boring, but okay, all right. But as I have been going through this series with you guys, I have just been... I don't know. The Lord's just been tweaking on my heart on kind of firing me up about what this means. And I think maybe it's part of the reason why he led me to this series in the first place, because I think there's a lack right now, really, of women really knowing who they are as defined by the one who actually gets to decide (laughs) by actually understanding here's God who made us, who knows us, who loves us. And he gets to say what what it is that we're what we're supposed to do, what our wiring is. He wrote the book on us, so to speak, you know. And as we have just kept looking at that and and looking at this good God that created order and created submission for our good and all of these things, it's made me kind of just sit here with like, boy, there's so many of our world that either doesn't know this kind of stuff, or there's a in this case a lot of Christians that don't act like they know it. And we have so much we could do with that and so many ways that we could really just benefit the world around us. So you're going to hear me say something that is kind of anti-Amy, to be honest. You know, y'all have heard me many times. Like, I'm not a big, like, yeah, women, you know, you can do anything and all of those kinds of women's empowerment mantras and all that kind of stuff. Just it's just not my jam because it's not. It's just not. But today you're going to hear me say a phrase and I'm going to say women go change the world. Go change the world. Now, here's what I mean by this, because since you probably, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know me well enough to know Amy does not mean that into like, you know, girl power and put it on a shirt and let's go do our thing. Nope, that is definitely not what Amy means by this. But I do see that we have a world that is poorer right now because it does not have women that are teaching and training the younger. And we have women that maybe don't necessarily get this whole, like, what do you mean submit to your husband? And what do you mean where there's a specific role we play in the church? And But knowing these things and then and finding our uniqueness and the ways that the Lord created us to be feminine is a good thing. And then finding how we can show that to the glory of God, to a world that really needs to see what that looks like. Now, I want to back up a little bit because you cannot frame any of this kind of conversation without really the basics of the gospel, right? Because you can you can be putting your best foot forward with all of the things that you want to imitate Christ and you want to imitate his humility and and you want to exhibit these things that we've been discussing through the beautiful design series. You want to exhibit that in the best way that that you can, that you can for his glory. But we also need to understand we have a world around us that doesn't even know who Jesus is. And so 
before we even go too far into any of these things, we have to just look at the gospel itself and go, man, the world needs to see Jesus. The world needs to see Jesus. We can show so much by our actions. I love 1 Peter 3, 1. It's actually, it's one of the passages we looked at, I think, when we were talking about wives and husbands and submitting to your husbands. But it, it says there, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. I think we can take this passage in 1 Peter and we can look at this and ask ourselves, how could our conduct, how could that win over this is talking in the context of a marriage relationship, even if it's a husband that is not saved, that you can win them over without a word, but just by the conduct of their wives. And so as I am looking at this outward a little bit and how we could be showing Jesus to others and showing even the gospel to others, perhaps it's even without saying a word. It could just be by our conduct. So that's kind of our pep talk, I guess, before I even get into this, because I do want to look at a couple, um, you know, just reminders, some cautions for us in some passages. But I really am hoping that we come away from this series, realizing all the ways that we can boldly walk out our calling into our world, a world that needs Jesus, that needs to know that, yes, we are all sinners and we desperately, desperately need a savior. And we can do that without perhaps sometimes even our words, but just our conduct in how we live that out. I might have read this passage in one of our others, but I think it's worth reminding us of this, of just the days that we're living in and why I think this definitely couches just the urgency. Maybe, maybe that's a little bit of the fire that I feel in this too, is these very well could be the last days. So I want us to be bold and I want us to take these things from the word and really really walk these out. But let's, I just to remind you guys of this in 2 Timothy, it's in um, chapter three. I don't want to read several verses here, but it says in verse one, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And then it says to avoid such people. So to pause right there, that's quite a list, isn't it? But man, I bet if you were to take that list and you were to write that down, lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, every one of those, I don't think it would take you too long to come up with probably more than one example on each of those and the ways that you've either seen that just within your own immediate circle, or maybe you can expand that out to culture more broadly. But wow, we feel like kind of a mess right now. That verse, the last part we just read, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And then it says, avoid such people. And then here the, the next warning, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. This passage is worth repeating, I think, because it speaks right to us. It says, actually, weak women, weak women. Boy, I sure don't want to be in that category. I do not want to be in that category. Now, left to my own devices, that's exactly where I end up, is right in that category. We need the word. We need to be regularly coming to the Lord and confessing our own selfish prideful, all of the, the, all the things that we've actually covered 
quite extensively in this series, right? That are all trapped up in us that we have to repent of. Those are the things that leave us in that condition of just being weak. But what makes us strong is recognizing that it's the Lord that's our strength, that is coming to the Lord with all of the, the things that, you know, even some of these passages that might be hard and maybe, maybe we don't know exactly how to walk those out, but submitting ourselves to those things. Those are the things that keep us from being weak women. And we don't want to be that because it says what happens to them. It says that they're burdened with sins and led astray. Burdened with sins and led astray. That's a sad condition right there. And I think that as we observe women overall, culturally, I think you see a lot of burden. It's heartbreaking actually to see. But the second thing that says there is that they're led astray by various passions. And you could look at all kinds of ways that women have been led astray. Even in in that little phrase right there, I got to say, I hear a little bit of the genesis of Eve being deceived. It's just there in the word. We can be led astray. And then verse seven says, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. What a frustrating pursuit to be in, right? To, to be learning and learning and learning, but never actually arriving at the truth. That is what the world's pursuits would be and all of their questions and all of the things that they say, you, you know, you just need to keep asking the questions and that's fine to a- ask questions. I think questions are great. I don't think the word keeps us from asking questions at all. But I think it's important to know that, that the God's word has answers for those things. So we can arrive at an absolute knowledge of the truth. So I wanted to just read that again to us because I want us to kind of keep that in mind. Maybe maybe that lights a fire under us a little bit that part of our pursuit in becoming women that are really devoted to God's word is we don't want to be labeled like this group here in 2 Timothy. We don't want to be called the weak women that are captured, led astray, and burdened by sin. We don't want us to be that. But I want to challenge us to go even a little bit further in not just being like, because sometimes we can be like, okay, I'm comfortable with, with some of this that you're saying, but let's not get too radical and crazy. Let's, you know, we don't want to appear as too weird to the world. I'm not sure if that's a real, a good biblical concept either, but we kind of feel that nobody really loves to be the person that just is going to stick out like crazy. And we don't want it to be sound like it's so crazy that, you know, we think that women shouldn't teach from the front or that wives should be submitting to their husbands and all of this crazy stuff. We don't want to go too far, but we know what the, what the word said. I want to remind us of of a passage back in Exodus, actually. In Exodus 8, you're kind of in the middle of when all the plagues are going on between Moses and Pharaoh. And you have all of these stories where Moses comes and says, let us go and worship the Lord. And and Pharaoh, sometimes he says, okay, I'll think about it. And then, you know, he ends up hardening his heart. Or sometimes the Lord hardens his heart. So we're kind of right in the middle of this. But I want to highlight this section that's right after, it's actually in the plague of flies, actually. And it's in Exodus 8. And Pharaoh says something interesting here, and I'm just going to read part of this passage in 825. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, go sacrifice to your God within the land. But Moses said it would not be right to do so for the offerings we shall offer to the Lord our God are an abomination to the Egyptians. If we sacrifice offerings abominable to the Egyptians before their eyes, will they not stone us? We must go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he tells us. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go, sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you must not go very far away. Plead for me. And and then it goes on and and Moses prays and the flies all go away and that kind of stuff. But there's a couple things that that come out there. First, you see the hesitancy of Pharaoh. He doesn't want him to go. He doesn't want the people to go very far. He's like, how about you go sacrifice, but just don't go too far. 
Now, if you know your Bible and you know some of the types within Scripture, we know that Egypt is a type of the world. It speaks of, it's a picture of the world, its devices, and all of the trappings that go with it. And so here we have Pharaoh then saying, you know what? Okay, go ahead and do your sacrifices, but can you stay in the land? Can you stay still in the world? And I I think a challenge to us is, especially when we look into these questions that we've had about who we are as women that follow our Bibles and are, are seeking to follow our calling with who the Lord created us to be. Sometimes I think the world would say, well, how about you do that? But could you stay a little bit closer? Like meaning, how about you don't get too crazy and weird with it? Okay, don't go too far. Are we concerned sometimes that if we boldly just when a gal asks us a question about maybe doing something and we say, you know, I'm going to run that by my husband. We'll see what he says. For some, that could be radical and crazy. It's really not. It's just it's just respecting and all the things that we've been discussing. But the world would say, why do you need to ask your husband? That's ridiculous. How antiquated. That's the world saying, okay, how about you kind of be respectful to your husband, but let's let's kind of keep it close to the world. That's what Pharaoh is doing here. Stay here within the world. But see, so what then Moses responds and he's like, no, I can't stay here within the land. And so then he says, I would need to go three days out and all this stuff. So then Pharaoh responds and he says, I'll let you go. But then did you hear what he said? He said, but don't go far away. Don't go very far. So first he tried to keep him right there in the world with him. And then he said, okay, I'll let you go, but just don't go too far. Just don't go too crazy. When I was thinking about this reminder here in Exodus, I thought, huh, this is kind of one of those things where it would be real easy for us to hear some of the things that we've been discussing in this series and go, maybe we'll take some of it to heart, but let's not get too crazy. Let's not get too crazy. So when you hear me say a line like, women, go change the world, this is the way I'm meaning it. I don't want us to stay close to the world on this stuff. I want us to read what scripture says and I want us to pray about it. I want us to, if you're married, talk to your husbands about it. If you're single, I want you to seek the Lord and ask the Lord how he would have you work out your calling in whatever capacity he has for you and go as far away from the world as we possibly can, not as close in. Leviticus 27 says, consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy for I am the Lord, your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I love this word sanctifies. I feel like it's a one that in my own personal walk, I'm constantly trying to understand more and just grasp in better ways because sanctify means to be set apart. And we know that God is holy. And so what he's asking us in here, he's pointing out, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I am the Lord who actually, I do, I set you apart. And to be set apart, man, that's not to be as close into the world as you can come. That's to be as far away from the world and to be set apart for the Lord. Now, in the process of us feeling perhaps set apart is a lonely place to be. You might feel like if, man, if you listen to some of these scriptures and, and you ask the Lord to, man, how can I be obedient to your word? it might leave you very isolated and very alone. And maybe that idea of being set apart, maybe that's discouraging for you in that way. And I don't want to paint it like that could just be completely easy and it won't have its share of difficulties. It could. I think that as you're obedient to the word of God, it's always going to have blessing and covering and just be nothing but good in your life. 
But I'm not going to tell you that it's always going to feel good and that it's going to be just a piece of cake because it, it might not be. But one of the things I do love about really this whole podcast, really all the gals that that come up to me at church or people that I see and go, oh, I was just listening to you on, on my drive and I feel like we've been chatting all day because I do love that. I'm sitting here in my closet right now, but I have always wanted the podcast to feel like we are just sitting here getting to chat about the word. And we just get to we just get to talk about this stuff. Now, I am in this closet by myself. I know this. <laughs> I'm not crazy. But when somebody comes up to me, it's like, oh, I'm reminded of who all of these other people are that I get to talk to in this. And why I say that is because I do think that as we are studying along in, in some of these things here on the podcast or Devoted Live, or if you're in a Bible study or wherever you are, there are women around you that are doing the same thing. So wherever you're at right now listening to this, there are thousands of women listening to this episode as well. And they're sitting here going, man, how can I be set apart? How can I be sanctified? How can I, man, just fully immerse myself into what God's word has for me? They're saying that too. And I want to remind us of that because we are not alone in this. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it in that even if you were the only one doing it, that it should deter you because it shouldn't. We should just be obedient to what the Lord has to us no matter what. But I want to encourage you in the fact that there's actually a lot of gals out there that are following along with you and they are desiring to walk these same things. They're, They're desiring to read scripture for what it says, just the black and white and go, yes, I'm going to be submitted to that. I'm not going to be offended by it. I'm not going to be looking for ways to skirt around it. I'm just going to go with, this is what God's word said. Let's do that. And you're not alone in it. And I think we all need that encouragement a little bit because I can't see y'all right now in my closet. So for me, those encouragements come when I get to see you. And when I when you guys come up to me and I, and I do get to talk to you or I get an email or something that I'm like, oh yeah, you're out there. It's great. But sometimes we do need to be reminded that there is others around us that are also seeking the same journey of being set apart, even when the world thinks it's nuts, even when the world's like, oh, just just stay close to home, just stay kind of close to the world. And we are saying, no, we want to radically pursue what God's word has for us as women. We talked a lot about within different episodes, but we talked about that we were designed to be helpers. We've tried to redeem that word. I think we've done a decent job. I know this world just keeps telling you that it's a dismissive and it's not a good world. Well, go back, listen to all those podcasts, read those scriptures, because that is not the context of what it is. But as we look at this idea of how we can affect our world and our homes and our churches and our schools and our workplaces, the question that we can ask ourselves within our design is to say, how can we help? How can we help? I think that needs to be a question that just rolls off your tongue. It shouldn't feel weird. It shouldn't feel awkward. Man, how can we help? If you're married, this should be probably a daily question, at least to your husband. Hey, how can I help you today? Is there something you need? How can I help? You know, I actually, for me, as I started this role in women's ministry a couple years ago, I wanted the the ministry itself, a, just the you know women's ministry within obviously a much larger church, but I wanted us to also be consistent with who we are as women. And you know, at Athe, our main desire is that we teach the word Wednesdays, weekends, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And 
we love that model because that that's the meat. That's really getting us the full counsel of God's word. And that's our main focus, to reach people with the gospel as far as we possibly can. So that's our main thing. So I wanted to come alongside as a women's ministry and say, how can we help that? Now, there's obviously like the one context of, well, we want to be building up women. We want to be pointing women to the word and we want to really make that our focus so that we as women are really able to fulfill the role that that God has called us to do. And we can do that by knowing our Bible. But then also it makes it so uh, just on the back end for me, like administratively, I don't ever want the things that we're doing. I don't want to detract necessarily from that main thing. So it means that sometimes my team and I, we try to really get things early to our communications team or our volunteer team or whenever we possibly can. We try to really, you know, just make sure we have things to people early because my thought was, is that I didn't want for us to ever be a distraction or detraction from the church being able to do the main thing. So all of those, all the departments within the church, they do so much work for keeping our main services and keeping the word going out. That That's the main thing. And I wanted to make sure that they were always able to keep that the priority. Now, Athey's always been so supportive. It's never like we ever asked as women's ministry to not do something. You know, they it, it's always been an extremely supported ministry. But I'm just trying to give you that little example of how we can ask that question, how can I help in almost anything? You can ask it if you are in your work. I think I gave this example in the helper episode, making helper cool again, because there is a, a gal that runs our communications department at Athey. And, you know, she got up and she was giving her a little update on how the how they what the things, the projects they were working on, all that kind of stuff. And she had said in it, she said, you know, our desire is to see how how can we help you guys? We just want to help. And I just thought that's such a beautiful way that she is just seeking to help within her vocation that she's doing there there at the church. She just wants to be helped. We can do that too. If you are we're at a different workplace, you can Go about the role that you have at your company and you can say, how can I help in this? It's so funny how if we're not doing that, it's usually because we're like, well, if I if I come off as a helper, then they're not noticing my work and dot, 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 you know, and they're not really acknowledging how important this is. But remember, I mean, did y'all cringe even when I said that? I mean, there's so many times that if that thought comes to your mind on what keeps you from just asking, how can I help and why that wouldn't be an awesome question to ask? It's usually on the back end of it. It's probably something that comes back to sin or pride or just something really gross. And I don't say that because, oh, that you struggle with that, but I don't. Oh, goodness, no. We all struggle and we all get tripped up in that stuff. But we need to just, that's where we just keep coming back and we keep asking the Lord, to sanctify us. And it said, remember that verse in in Leviticus 20, it said, I am the Lord who sanctifies you. He does that. I love that. So take this series and ask yourself, how can you be a helper and wherever you're at? And that is something that we can really impact our churches, our homes, work, school, our neighborhoods by helping. So a couple little practical things. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. As we've talked about this all together, and I'm, I'm saying this because, no, I know, you're not in my closet, but as we have been walking through this series together, we are sharpening each other. 
we are saying like, let's look at what scripture says. And sometimes that sharpening, it does hurt a little bit. It does cut just a smidge at times, but it sharpens us. And what ways can we do that all together? You know, I truly, truly hope that you have one, at least, maybe two, maybe your circle's bigger, of some really godly women that you can walk life with. And by that, I mean that not just talking about the fluff of life or, you know, what your favorite Starbucks is, although your favorite coffee is very important, but not that important. But really like talking about the things that matter. Do you have friends in your life that you maybe read a Bible plan together? I talk about that all the time, that I love to just always be working my way through the Bible. And it doesn't matter the pace you go. It doesn't matter if you miss two days. It, it just doesn't matter. But consistently going through the word is so awesome. So awesome. I love it so much. But maybe that's something you can do with someone. Maybe it's just a friend that you just, you can challenge each other on some of these things. Maybe it's somebody else that you shared this podcast series with. Maybe you guys can talk about some of these things. Remember, I told you at the very beginning, don't take Amy's word for this stuff. Amy doesn't know that much stuff. Go to the word yourself and pray and ask the Lord to give you his eyes and his understanding and wisdom in these things. But maybe there's a friend that you can talk about those things. I have this amazing friend and she listens to the podcast, so she's probably going to know who I'm talking about. But she lives in Wyoming, which is where I grew up. And we very rarely get to see each other. We see each other's like, well, I got her to see her last summer, but it's super rare for me to actually see her. And I think up until that point, it had been almost five years. But we have Marco Polo. Do you guys have Marco Polo? It's a great little app on your phone that you can like actually see someone when you're talking. And it's just great. It's not like FaceTime because it's kind of like a walkie talkie, but it's a video. So we have Marco Polo and we probably do that. Oh, man, at least three times a week. But what makes it so fantastic is this is a friend. This is a godly friend that she prays for me. She asks me questions about Versus maybe that she's reading. I'll ask her things about things in scripture. But we we sharpen each other. And I am so, so thankful for that. She makes me stronger by doing that. And I pray that you would all have some one or two or three persons like that in your life. It is so valuable. And if you don't and you're feeling like, oh, Lord, I could really use that kind of encouragement. Ask the Lord for it. He is so good and he is so kind. Ask him for the kind of relationship that you can sharpen someone with. But I will also say if you're one of those like, you know, Athe is a large church. And if you attend there, you know that it's pretty busy on a weekend service. And so sometimes people come into a big church and they think, well, I'm just going to get lost. Or, or maybe you leave and, and, and you're like, I don't ever know anybody. I'm telling you, it takes some intention on your part might even be uncomfortable. And that's coming from a hardcore introvert. I know this isn't necessarily easy to make those connections. One of my favorite ways that I made connections over the years, and I see I've, I've seen so many people make connections, is by volunteering and doing something. I'm a person, and I think there's a lot of you guys out there that I just kind of like a job to do. It's not the awkward, weird conversation, not a weird like meet and greet kind of thing. You're just kind of working alongside each other. And so I have found that over the years, as strange as this sounds, Athe doesn't feel giant to me, but it's because I think I've just always kind of been getting to know 
people along the way as we've served in, in different capacities and done that, done different things. And you can find your niche in which to serve, whether that's in kids ministry or helping set up chairs or clean up trash. I mean, I'm just, I love all that stuff. I love being the kind of behind the scenes doing that kind of work. And it's a great way to meet other people and actually make some real connections that aren't kind of, that aren't cheesy and forced, but they're great ways to get to know people, even if you're in a big church. But keep in mind that you kind of have to be intentional. This amazing relationship of someone that comes and just sharpens you in all the things that we've talked about within this series and, and just really being someone that's devoted to the word of God, it doesn't just land in your lap, typically. You know, you need to be willing to go ahead and say hi. You need to be willing to go ahead and volunteer. You need to be willing just to offer, hey, can I just pray for you? Those are really important things to grow in our relationships. And I think they make us keep us out of that weak women category, bring us some accountability. And I just mentioned praying together, but I I definitely don't want to leave that as an afterthought because, boy, I just feel like this is a day that we need to take prayer for not just ourselves and our families and but I mean, let's go big on this. We need to take prayer seriously for our churches and our our culture, our world that is really, really hurting right now. We should be praying without ceasing, like it tells us in Scripture. Pray without ceasing all day long. We talked recently, if you got a chance to join us for our New Mercies event that we did in January. And if you didn't, go back and listen to it, because I just talked about prayer. I talked about how it doesn't have to be fancy, guys. It doesn't have to be long. You don't have to say the perfect thing. None of that is true. You just have to pray. And I really feel like that is a way that women specifically, what a help we can be. If we could be gathering around, maybe it's just you, but maybe you could grab a friend. Maybe if you're one of those, like, I really don't want to pray in front of people. Well, first of all, Sometimes we just need to get over those things too. But you can still just even text a friend and say, hey, how can I be praying for you this week? And it, But just also realize there is real power in prayer. It isn't an afterthought. It is a powerful thing that we get to have relationship with God. And we get to really change our world in that way. Maybe that's why I get so taken off and they seem almost distasteful to me when I hear all the, you know, go change the world kind of stuff, because it usually is putting the focus on us, right? It's telling everyone to look at us and all the things that we can do. And it's just, it's just gross. But we know that it isn't us, right? Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I love this verse because it's not just telling us that there is good work for us to do and there's ways that we can help and there's ways that we can really encourage and really make our worlds around us, our churches and our homes better. There are. But do you notice whose work it is in the beginning? Like it says, it says, for we are his workmanship. We're his creation. We're the ones that he's put here and the good works are things that he already prepared. We just have to walk in them. There's so many things, whether it is in the actions we're supposed to take, the ways that we should help. Maybe it's how we understand our roles within church and the home and recognizing our own feminine design. We kind of overcomplicate it a lot, don't we? I think 
we make things so, the word is nuanced a lot of times. All this nuance. I'm not sure there's really that much nuance sometimes. There, there is at times, okay. But for the most part, I think it's pretty simple. And I think we overcomplicate it. I love this reminder that just tells us that, hey, there's work for us to do. God already prepared it for us. And what he's asking you and me to do is to walk in it. Just do it. So I think that's where I want to leave us for this series is that we just, it's not, it's not complicated. It's simple. And we just have to walk in the things that he has already prepared for us. So gals, I hope that this series has encouraged you, maybe challenged you a little bit as well. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And if this has been helpful, maybe maybe send this whole series now that it's all done and maybe send it on to someone that you can walk a little life with. And maybe it's things that you can talk about and you can sharpen each other. So do that if that would be helpful to someone. I know we've talked about a ton of stuff that's not necessarily all the politically correct, culturally correct. I don't know. Pick your term. But I don't really think that we don't want to do that anyway. We are striving to be more in line with who God wants us to be, not who the world wants us to be. And the practice of that is going to take a whole lot of discipline on your part to capture those thoughts when they come your way of things that are messages from the world and not something from the word. Really pause on those things and ask the Lord to make you an imitator of him. Remember that passage we read in Philippians where it talked about that we need to have the mind among ourselves that is ours in Christ Jesus, who is in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Man, it's such a different posture that the word gives us than what the world says. The world says that we need to be full of ourselves and we need to have everybody look at us and we need to make sure our voices are heard and all of those things. And God's word says we need to empty ourselves. We need to serve. We need to help. I'm excited to hear from you guys on things that you pulled away from this series. I would love to hear from you. So shoot me an email at the devoted podcast at athecreek.com or send us a direct message on Instagram at athewomen. You can follow us there. But this has been a blast. And I I know that there's been times in this that you're probably like, how is this fun? I might need to hear from some of you guys that this has also been fun. Because for me, I just, there is this peace that I get when I look at what God's word is telling us. And I'm coming at it with the posture of like, Lord, how can I line up with this more closely? More closely. Not closer to the world, but really closer in, in line with what you have. And I pray that that's what it's been for you guys too. So wrapping up this series, but we'll start back into our other podcast next week. I have no idea what's on the schedule next week. Some of them have been recorded. Some of them I'm still working on, but I'm excited to get back into some of those things. We also have some interviews coming up in the next couple weeks that I'm really excited about. One of them is an author for a book. So that one's going to be really fun. So I'll tell you more about that maybe next week. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in Westland, Oregon. For more resources or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at athecreek.com.